2: Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm Steve Peretz, joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. It is playoff week. Let's go. I'm excited. Sarah, how are you doing?
3: I'm really great. I'm super excited for the playoffs obviously Saturday can't come soon enough I feel like this work week just needs to hurry up because the main event is on Saturday um obviously super wild card weekend was fun to watch and just not have to stress about any of the games and wait and see who the Packers were going to play so I'm feeling good and this is a really exciting matchup for Green Bay and yeah I like our chances I like I like the Packers odds this week
4: yeah echo all that man great to watch six six playoff games uh, most of them very good in two days and not have to stress at all about the results of any of them it was just absolutely magical man and now we get uh so we have that week off we kind of get we just like the team man we get to get we relaxed we get refreshed a little bit we get ready and now we get to head into uh two divisional round and blake saris had really good matchup for a number of reasons i'm man i'm
2: feeling good and i'm very very excited about this Couldn't agree more. This is just... It's a really fun week. I'm very kind of disappointed in my woo that I started the show with, but I can't go full effect because I'll wake my kids up and then my wife will kill me, Mm. and we just don't need that, so... Uh, especially since it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow, technically Wednesday, so it'll be today for when you guys are listening to this. But if I wake up the birthday girl and have to try to put her back to bed, whoo boy, that'd be a that would be a rough call. But beyond beyond excited for this game on Saturday, I think the the matchup's going to be a lot of fun. Number one scoring offense, number one scoring defense, like it's gonna be it's gonna be a knockout brawl. Cold weather, just I mean, the epitome of Packers playoff football. So exciting, exciting stuff. Well, it is Tuesday night when we're doing this, Wednesday when you're listening. We've got some news and notes to kind of go over, things that have happened. Um, and since it actually has – we have a game on Saturday, that means that we actually got the first injury report of the week. So it's been a long time since uh, – last time we did an injury report, we had probably like seven or eight months ago when we switched days. So, um, Sarah, anything new, no, uh, noteworthy for you on the Packers or the Rams?
3: I mean, I think Aaron Donald is the biggest uh, question mark and kind of person that I'm starring on that list and gonna keep an eye on. Um, I know McVeigh said that as long as you know he is okay this week, that quote, the Terminator will be ready, I'm pretty sure is what he said. So um that's obviously something to look out for. Um, with the Packers, I think a lot of theirs are precautionary. I think we would have heard a little bit more. I know like Alan Lazard is on there for his core, um, just as he's kind of been all year since his surgery. And yeah, I'm not too worried about things on the Green Bay side of things, but I think the Rams have some key players. Obviously, Goff has that thumb that he had surgery on, so and he seemed to play fine. Um, last weekend, but you never know. It it can take just a little bit to tweak something like that, so it's definitely, I think, the Rams have a little bit more worry on the injury side of things.
4: Yeah, I think Cup was the guy I was really keeping an eye on. Like, Goff, honestly, Goff full participant, I was a little little shocked at that. I thought he'd be limited. I mean, I guess he's either, that, that means he's going in as a starter, I assume, and I mean, he did You know, floated some balls. They got him some good throws late in the game, but he came in cold because they didn't expect him to come in. So full participant there. But Cup was, um, I mean, honestly, when that happened, I didn't, you know, there there wasn't a whole lot that happened there, but it was kind of a non-contact thing. As soon as that happened, it was, oh, that's got to be like an ACL or something, right? Like it was essentially like passing off a block, And then he just held his knee and and barely went to the sideline. So it was kind of this, oh, he's probably done. So seeing him, um, another kind of talk, they hoped he'd be able to get out there, but he did not participate. So I'm curious to see that offense just looks so much different if Cup can go versus if Cup can't go. So curious to see what that is. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was uh, a lot more guys on the Rams than the Packers, which, uh, you know, you always like to see guys as healthy as you can, but nice to see the Packers uh, coming off that bye and, and relatively healthy, I guess, all things considered.
2: Does Aaron Donald have broken ribs? Is that what I'm seeing? He,
4: I'm, you know, I didn't see what the actual injury was. He went out and I think he tried to come back in for like a snap. It didn't go well. I knew it was a rib injury, but I didn't see if the ribs were broken. I mean, I assume so.
3: It's torn rib cartilage. That sounds worse than broken. So incredibly painful.
2: Yeah,
4: that sounds not great.
2: Packers officially have signed Jared Valdir. Stepaniak is going to the IR now. So, Dusty, what'd you think of the move? Valdir thing is wild, man. Just wild. I mean, know Andy was kind of
4: talking about how this was a possibility, but seeing that, like, losing the wild card around and, oh, it, oh, just yeah, I guess picked back up by the Packers. Like, I love the move. I mean, Stepaniak was a, you know, likely not going to dress, so having Valdir, who we knew, I mean, that was that uh, that Seahawks game last year. Belaga had the flu. Uh, Valdir didn't know he was going to play until – 30 minutes before the game and stepped in and played really, really well. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I mean, just to have that depth uh, in case something happens, especially with Bakhtiari down. I mean, that depth is a little strained, clearly. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the move, man.
2: Very cool. Uh, next up, we found out officially that for the game on Saturday, there will be eight to 9,000 fans in the stands, all Packers fans, mostly Packers fans, I'm assuming. Sarah, what was your reaction to it?
3: Yeah, I'm pumped. I think it's something that we were hoping for all year. And we knew the stadium wasn't going to be full, but just to have some people there. And we saw the, you know, they slowly phase into things. The organization's employees and staff were there. Then frontline workers and first responders and healthcare workers were invited, which was really awesome. And you could tell, even though when just that little group was there, the team still had fun. They were playing all the songs and all the chants and that does a lot. And in in playoffs, especially you want that home field advantage and now that there's going to be more people and obviously it'll be spaced out and it's not going to be full, but I think it does a lot. And you know that those 8,000 or so people that are there are going to scream their hearts out for the Packers. It's the only game that most of them have been able to go to all season. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to see some really cool signs in the crowd and And just people getting amped up and having fun. I mean, it's the playoffs at Lambeau Field, and that's really special. So I'm glad that some people will get to experience it.
2: Dusty, are you making your way up there? (laughs) Not this week, brother. Not this week that's too bad yeah. if they if they go for the championship game though right we'll figure out a way we'll make
4: it happen i'd love to man that's me and my brother my my brothers have talked about that a bunch or like that's that's always been like the super bowl is fine if they make the super bowl that's an experience i'd like to go to but that's more like kind of a corporate event like going to a home game going to a late game in lambo for that nfc uh, the conference championship that's the dream like that's that's a bucket list item right there so uh you know it's it limited fans it would suck but uh but man if that ends up happening which i think it's going to end up happening uh it's going to be
2: real hard to not look for any way possible to get up for that game i love it news and notes from the nfc north it looks like our good friends uh that that are about 45 or about an hour and a half below me are going to be keeping their head coach and gm matt nagy and uh, ryan Pace. i believe are coming back to the chicago bears sarah what did you i mean i'm laughing while i'm asking you <laughs> what your thoughts are but what are your thoughts on the bears uh head scratching moves
3: I mean, I love it. Uh, I'm I, I in favor of it. The Bears Still Suck song is chanting in the back of my mind as I'm talking right now. But sure, if they want to do that, that's great. Um, I know I posted this meme a couple weeks ago, but I. Uh, used a quick Photoshop of like the Facebook like button and said the Green Bay Packers like this when <laughs> the Bears were talking about uh, keeping Trubisky. And I'm going to apply that to this as well. I think the Green Bay Packers really like this move. And if the Green Bay Packers are happy, then heck, so am I.
4: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's a smart move for them as well. I mean, they're going to be you know, in the market for a quarterback, and if you need someone to draft a quarterback, Ryan Pace, you know, he's going to go up and get his guy. Uh, you know, and I, I think there's, I think it's, ad, it's an admirable quality. So I think you keep him, let him draft your quarterback of the future, and then uh, then maybe you part ways with him next year. But yeah, you keep him around this year you know in all seriousness i i i the nagy thing like i i think since laser kind of took over play calling i think some of the the game plans have been better i think uh giving nagy an extra year at least one more year i think makes sense for them the pace thing makes zero sense but i love it man i love it so much
2: yeah i mean alan robinson's out there basically like saying that he hasn't (laughs) had any conversations with them since the beginning of the year and you're like okay that's your best wide receiver and you're like we're good we don't need him uh he even said he didn't know who was calling the plays uh in the last couple of games <laughs> and so like it's <laughs> like oh my god it's just a dumpster fire i even made the joke uh on twitter i did a quote tweet of it and said now do now sign mitch trubisky to an extension and i legit had a bears fan reply to me <laughs> and all it says was no <laughs> I gave him a like I was like well you guys lost in the playoffs I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a pity like out of that one because that that was pretty funny but Dusty I did enjoy before we were even on uh, recording you were the one who said like I don't know what quarterback he's going to draft all I know is he's going to draft the wrong one mm-hmm. so yeah uh, I, thought that, I thought that was pretty apropos I liked it a lot Let's see. Tuesday means that uh, Aaron Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee show and you guys, uh, we all got to listen to it a little bit. I know um, I didn't watch it live. I watched some of the clips off of Twitter, but you said it was a much shorter one, Sarah. Is that right?
3: Yeah. I mean, he's a busy guy right now. So he was only on for, I think, about 15 minutes and usually he's on for about 20, 30 minutes. Sometimes he's on really a long time for 45 minutes or so, but Today was the short, or Tuesday was the shortest one yet, with about only fifteen minutes of Aaron Rodgers.
2: Any big uh, takeaways for either of you?
3: Um, for me, um, the first was that he was at the facility, so that just kind of showed you how busy he is right now. Usually, he does it from his house or in in outside his house or in his office. But he was at the facility. He talked a lot um, about his five hundred thousand dollar donation to the Barstool Fund that's supporting small businesses right now, and that was really the bulk of the conversation, honestly, and he, he really plugged that and how um, passionate he is about that and what uh, the Barstool team is doing to help small businesses and how he's kind of using his platform to share uh, the stories of the businesses that they're supporting. Um, and he really just wanted to use his Instagram live that he did um when he announced that he was donating as a call to action to other players in the league, uh, to other guys on his team, to get involved and to donate as well. Um, He also kind of talked about just the mental and physical effects that the pandemic uh, have had on people and the impacts there. And it was, it was really interesting to hear him talk about it. And I thought, you know, he was pretty empathetic in his conversations and pretty understanding, which I think for someone who, you know, lives the lifestyle that he does. It was interesting to hear, you know, him be so understanding of what maybe the average or you know vulnerable person is going through right now. So it was it was cool to hear Aaron Rodgers talk about that. Um, uh, another interesting thing he announced was, um, and I'm sure people listening, just because they're fans of Aaron Rodgers, know that he's a huge Jeopardy guy. He is idolized alex trebek for a long time and um after alex trebek passed of course jeopardy is looking for a new host so they're having some guest hosts for a few episodes here and there and aaron Rodgers is apparently going to be one of those guest hosts and apparently was a wee bit excited because he was not supposed to announce that yet but he did he spilled the beans it's out there um but I think that's really cool. I know he was on Jeopardy! years ago, and now he'll host Jeopardy! So I'm kind of excited, and hopefully he's hosting it as a Super Bowl champion and NFL MVP. That would be a nice title card for Aaron Rodgers when he's hosting Jeopardy! in the near future.
4: Yeah, and my main takeaway is a big one, man. Um, at, this, at the very end, tail end, like, all right, buddy, see you later. Uh, oh, by the way, did you hear about all the alien information that, that the CIA dumped? CIA declassified uh, over 10,000 pages, over 10,000 documents of, um, of alien stuff, I guess, alien sightings, alien investigations by the CIA, photos, videos, like, The whole works um and it's it's actually all up for free to download from the black vault uh which the black vault is if you don't know it's the largest privately run archive of declassified documents in the world so they get all these declassified docs and they put them up and you can download them for free so there's some uh you know obviously a ton of stuff but there's some uh if you go to that page there's a handful of kind of articles where they're kind of cruising going through it and uh and and showing some highlights and stuff so you know um if you're into alien stuff at all, that came up at the end. We've talked about it before. Rogers has had an alien encounter, what he believes to be an alien encounter. So uh, it's something that he talks about quite a bit. So that was a that was a nice way to close the show. You know, something uh, something I really dug as well. I was like, oh, cool, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I already knew that they had you know dumped all these, but uh, kind of hearing about that was cool. So thoroughly enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, that was all good stuff too. I liked the the talk about the weather as well and how Rogers adjusted to all that kind of stuff and the mentality that he has behind it. I thought that was just kind of fascinating to for him. I know he's talked about it a little bit in the past, but you know, listening to him say like, yeah, one of the biggest things is don't go over by the heater. <laughs> do not go over by the heater and get yourself in that warm weather and then it's like it's even colder when you go back. I was in my head I'm just kind of saying I'm like dude don't give him tips. I'm like what are you doing? Like <laughs> say that after the after the NFC championship game or something like but don't be even the tips away but he could uh, but Steve he might legit just be throwing them off he might That's love true. that heater,
4: and they're like, oh, they're writing down these notes. They're going to be freezing
2: over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. He, he definitely has the ability to, uh, to try to punk them a little bit. So he does have a strong troll game. Wouldn't, would that, that would not shock me at all. That kind of wraps up our news and notes for everything going around. However, we have decided, uh, agreed upon a penalty for me, punishment for me, for the losing of the prop bets uh, throughout the entire season. And as an ode to our, our, wonderful, our wonderful podcast father, podfather, is that what he's called, I think, That's I amazing. am going to be eating like Andy Herman for an entire day. All right. so you, Steve. Uh, yeah, I have reached out to Andy. I asked him what he eats, uh, what's his normal food for the days, and he didn't have a specific thing. It was a, it, the whole conversation making me laugh, like through it, the Twitter DMs. But so he doesn't have a normal log of food that he would eat every day. But okay, what's your favorite? Uh, your favorite breakfast, your favorite lunch, your favorite dinner. What are your snacks, desserts, and drinks? And so it is a very heavy. Pepperoni pizza theme is basically what I'm getting. uh Bagel bites for breakfast, pizza lunchables for lunch, frozen pizza for dinner, uh, pizza combos as snacks, and uh <laughs> ice cream for dessert. Like, uh, if I don't have diabetes right now, I might have it by the after this. This, you know, so it, I might have to file a claim with with Packaday, you know, as a um, a healthcare submission. um So. The pizza it'll be it'll
4: combos be is such a sublime
2: touch on that, like just such a beautiful way to top all that off. I just, I love that little touch to it. Mm-hmm. I still love the fact too. I think he drinks like diet Sprite too, which just makes me laugh. Words. Uh, <laughs> it's like the people that go to McDonald's and are like, "Give me the double quarter pounder with the extra large fries and a diet Coke." Like really, that's where you draw the line—is the diet Coke. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, I, I will be doing that. I will be doing some some videos, and hopefully, I can make a little compilation of all of it as to how I'm feeling by the end of the day, and everything like that. So it should be pretty funny. Um,
3: you should weigh yourself at the beginning of the day.
2: <laughs> the I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. yeah. I will try to remember to weigh myself before and at the end of it. That'll be that'll be a good one. So that that will pay it off as as we talked about before a little bit. You know, you guys had to eat the the most stuff Oreos, which is super gross, and maybe this isn't as difficult, but it's a whole day long process, which I think kind of evens it out and makes it about about square from what you guys did last year, right? Yeah, that feels good. You, you, right. yeah, you do approve right. of this? This is okay with you yeah. guys? Yeah, no, you're going to feel gross. I approve of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were talking, it's like, you know, the older you get, and it doesn't sound bad on the, on the base of it. It was like, ah, oh, just he's like a 12-year-old. But, I mean, by the end of the day, I'm just going to feel like crap. I feel. Can I just difficult. have a salad or something? No, you no, you cannot. No, you cannot. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> first thing I'm going to have the next morning is a smoothie, like all fruits and some spinach and some yolk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he whole wheat toast. Oh, that's going to be bad. Well, guys, it is time to break down the divisional round playoff game. Packers offense, Rams defense, like we talked about. I mean, Devontae Adams, Jalen Ramsey, number one scoring offense, number one scoring defense in the cold. It's going to be so much fun. But let's do what we always do, the one big takeaway that we're looking for, and then we'll let Dusty just – go to town because he's I think he's chomping at the bit for this you can tell he's got he's got his excited face on or his skeptical face that he's going to talk too much but yeah he's happy he's doing his little happy dance in the chair so Sarah <laughs> we'll start with you I'll go next and then we'll let the let Dusty take over
3: yeah so I'm super excited like I said before just about this matchup in general I think you know this is what the playoffs are all about the one of the best offenses in the league against one of the best defenses in the league, going up against each other in an iconic stadium um, with probably very like intense conditions. Um, so this is just amazing. This is what you know. Even if you're just a fan of football and you're not a fan of either one of these teams, this is a game you want to watch because it's going to be really awesome. But the thing that I'm looking for is pretty obvious, and that's just going to be. Uh, the Packers wide receivers and how they match up with uh, the Rams defense specifically um, Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey. I know everyone has been chirping about this matchup and you know who's going to beat who and who's going to have the better game. And I think it's going to be really close, but I, I really think Adams has the edge in this one. And I'm curious to just see if he comes through. Um, there's actually a great um, cheesehead TV story that kind of breaks this all down um, Corey's Corner. He wrote about that this week and just kind of what happened when uh, Jalen Ramsey and DK Metcalf matched up. What are some of Jalen Ramsey's uh, season-long stats and kind of how they stack up against Devontae Adams? So really detailed stuff there. So I would definitely check that out um, if you're interested on that topic. But you know, Adams is having the best season of any wide receiver right now, and um, to put it in perspective, uh, you know Jalen Ramsey held DK to just three catches for 33 yards last week, but uh, where Devontae Adams can have the edge over Jalen Ramsey is really with his route running, and obviously we know he's exceptional at that. Uh, he's the king of route running in the NFL, so I think Devontae's going to you know, be able to have a big game. I don't think we're going to see him put up like hundreds of yards like we have at other times this season, but I think he's still going to be a force, and um, with that, I also really want to see what MVS and Lazard do because I think they're going to be really important in this game. Like MVS really needs to, you know, come through on some of those plays and he's if he's going to be consistent in a game like this is the one where the Packers want him to be more consistent than ever and then Lazard just not even as a pass catcher, but also just with his blocking and what he's able to do and create. So I think the wide receivers are going to be really important in this one and how they match up, so that's what I'll be looking for.
5: Hey everyone. I want to tell you about BlueWire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at BlueWire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join.
2: I think the big thing for me is, like we talked about earlier in the injury report, is watching Aaron Donald and seeing how effective he is, how injured he is. And I mean, if he's not running at full go, I mean, having torn cartilage in your ribs, that's got to be just painful. And in 20 degree weather, that's not going to help it at all. But if the pa- like the Packers, to me, like that's as much as he is an unbelievable defensive god. Basically, I mean, I don't even know how else to describe him. He is when he is fully healthy, he is just a wrecking ball that you do not want to mess with. But for the Packers to have Lindley to have Elton Jenkins, I think they're right, right by him, right there. I think that is. A strong suit versus a strong suit, and I would want to see kind of like you said, Sarah Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. That's just a matchup I want to watch. I want to see those two, uh, those three, basically fighting it out and seeing who who can get the better end of it all. Because I mean, if if Aaron Rodgers gets a little bit of time, man, the offense is clicking, and if if they're keeping Donald at bay, like that's just a huge recipe for the for the Packers to pull the victory out. I mean. You know, when it comes down to it, I'm looking at that, and then I'm looking the way that the whole game looks to me. If the Packers can score 21 points, I think that's a victory. I think that that solidifies a victory for the Packers. So those are some of the things I'm looking for. Dusty, my friend. This is uh, this is your Christmas. Have at it, buddy.
4: <laughs> yeah. So I was telling these guys uh, before we started recording that I had a feeling that the Rams are going to win, uh, going to beat the Seahawks, and so I kind of got an early jump. Uh, not you know not fully, obviously, but um, I started reading about uh, Brandon Staley. So Brandon Staley is a defensive coordinator for the Rams. Uh, he's been over with the Rams since Wade Phillips got fired, and he's a Vic Fangio disciple. And uh, Robert Mays over at the Athletic wrote a really great profile on him. Uh, Cody Alexander over at Match Quarters wrote something about, like, kind of the system he uses. So I kind of got deep into, you know, looking at this defense uh, schematically, kind of the things they like to do, the things they've liked to do throughout the season, and then, you know, trying to match that up with, um, you try to try to where are their weaknesses and where the Packers have their strengths. What can they do? Where are those holes in the defense? Cause every defense has holes. Uh, and it's a really, really interesting defense. So um like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk for a little bit, I guess. So first of all, some light stuff, Uh you will just early down, early down trends. So like we said Rams, number one defense Packers, number one offense. There are some kind of early downs. You can kind of hit Packers first down passing offense. So the second best of the first best passing offense overall, second, in the league per football stars DVOA on first down passing. And the Rams first down passing is 20th, 20th defense um, against the pass on first down. So I'd be looking for some first down passes to get out ahead of the sticks. Packers are, you know, they, they do that. Uh, it, it depends on the game plan, but you'll see them do that from time to time. Definitely look for some first down passes. And then for second down, I don't love the idea of second along runs. if first down doesn't work, but you pick up five yards on first down Packers, second down rushing offense, Third in the league and the Rams second down rushing defense is 19th. So you've got a couple, so early pass, pass on first, run on second. Wouldn't be shocked to see that combo more than a few times just because there there are some now the trends, you know, can be a little weird. It's only a 16-game season, but that is something to keep an eye on. So, schematically speaking, all right. Rams are ridiculously good against the deep ball. So, first of all, one of the reasons they're good against the deep ball is because they are um, you'll hear this a lot too high, they're too high defense. They've run too high, which is uh, typically quarter two or cover two or quarters, uh, 85% of the time they line up. And that next one, next one down is 78%. Most teams are run single high. So they are far and away the highest user of too of two high. Now, what that means is they'll line up in too high. They'll have those too high safeties. And generally what that means, you have a light box against the defense or, or against the run, and you're banking on you know stopping that with your front seven essentially stopping the run but just because you line up in too high you give those favorable pre-snap looks to the offense this doesn't mean you stay too high they don't run cover two and quarters all the time what they'll do and this is it's super tricky very deceptive um they'll line up in that too high and they won't show anything until a beat after the snap it's not even immediately after the snap you'll see those guys spin. So you'll see a too high look uh like a quarters look and so i mean the and the why that's important is where the weaknesses are is different it's but the uh middle field close versus middle field open is essentially what you're looking at so if you've got a too high those safeties will kind of fan out and that middle of the field is open so you'll get like a, say a post shot to mvs you'll look at against the cover two look whereas cover one you'll have more of a deep crosser you know, middle field closed because you're you're looking to run away from there you're looking to hit those weaknesses so what they'll do they'll wait until a beat after it, the ball is snapped And why they do that is because they want to catch like that split second when you're in shotgun and you're looking for the ball. Or more importantly, the the use of play action has gone way up. So they take advantage of that because when you run play action, you got to turn your head, you got to turn your body away from what's happening. So typically, when you're a quarterback, you'll take, you've got that pre step snapshot and you look you see a lot of quarterbacks look down the middle. So you're reading the safeties and reading the linebackers. You see what they're doing before the snap and you're looking at what they're doing immediately after the snap. So you got this this snapshot and you can kind of see where all the other pieces are going just based on those two looks. If they wait until that split second, what happens is the quarterback, we'll say Aaron Rodgers in this case, turns around to fake the handoff and that's when they spin. So now you've got a cover two look going into a cover one look or a cover three look. And that means the math has changed everywhere. Those shots you're planning on taking, all that stuff has, has changed while you've turned your back. So that's a beat more you got to think about when you're a quarterback. Uh, you can't just wing it because I know they're in cover too because they do such a good job. And that's I, I love looking at uh, defenses that do this. You'll see a lot of defenses that kind of show their hand early with that hard count. The Rams are so, so good at not giving anything away until after the snap. And it just – it's. Just remarkably confusing. So that's one of the reasons they're so good against the deep balls. Not only are they a too high team primarily, but also their post-snap deception is so good. They've allowed four touchdown passes all year on throws that have traveled 10 yards down the field. 10, 10 yards or more down the field. Only four. Well, best in the league by a very wide margin. So that's that's one of the big things you're looking at with them. Now one of the ways you can attack them, and this is if you get them, again, if they're looking for that that immediate post snap, or they're looking, they're waiting to beat for that post snap before they spin. What you can do with that, that I would be shocked that this doesn't happen, is you fake the play action, get them to spin, and then you snap throughout to somebody. I was watching re-watching the Jets game. You know, the Jets beat them, they got some breaks, some things happen but they did a lot of these quick throws to the flat. You're getting them while that defense is kind of spinning back where they want to go in that immediate post snap, and you're catching them on the backside of the rotation. Cardinals got a big touchdown off a kind of a a backside leak through the line during that spin. So you're looking to hit something quick. You're also looking for something that can attack potentially both things. So you're looking for some quick throws, likely to the flat. If you're taking a deep shot, you're looking for a fake play action, kind of get them pulled up, catch them in the middle of their rotation, hit them counter to that been talking for a while. I apologize. The last thing I'm going to bring up here is uh, if we're looking for a deep shot, if we're looking for deep shots, which again, they cover extremely well, I think it's going to be mainly dink and dunk game plan from the Packers. They're going to force you to kind of go down the field a little bit at a time, uh, is the, the smash fade concept that the Packers run a lot. You got mirrored smash fade, which on both sides on the outside, you got a crow out from the outside. And then you've got kind of a, a fade route, which is essentially a vertical kind of fading up the sideline from the slot. And then up the middle, you have uh, typically MVS running straight up the middle up the vertical. So what that will give you against a defense like this, that likes to uh, likes to kind of show that little, those weird looks after the fact that shot up the middle you can, win, you can win with that against uh, two high, but not against single high because you've got a safety there capping it. So if you run that vertical and they spin to one high, that, that's out. But if they have the two high, that's a shot. Now, if they're in single high there, that takes the middle shot away, but you've got those two fade routes on the outside that are open because you're running away from that middle safety. So we've seen the floor do this a bunch this year, especially early in the year. They find a game plan, they find a concept they think will work, and they'll run it a ton of times. I think that Lions game, they ran uh, like a a version of kind of mesh uh, eight or ten times or something like that. They find something that they like, especially early in the script. I think they're going to go to that a lot, so I could see a lot of flat stuff, probably a lot of mesh, because you want to hit those edges, and a lot of smash fade if, if they're looking to take a shot. So that's my thoughts. Actually, last thought, my last thought. If they're in a three-by-one, this is the way the Rams play. If they're, if their Packers are in a three-by-one, throw so three receivers at one side, one to the backside, the Rams will run uh, kind of match coverage, which will be zone that turns into man, but they lock that backside corner, which is typically Ramsey. And so you've got him man-to-man, and what can happen, the reason they can do this, that pass rush is so good, but what will happen is if you run
0: an in-cutter with that guy from the backside, Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com/slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. That that cornerback, again, Ramsey is
4: locked, so you're dragging him to the inside, which creates a huge void on the backside of that. So where that one receiver is lined up that side of the field's wide open. They can afford to do that because the only way you can hit that is if you run crossers from the other, the other side of the field into that void, and you don't have time to do that because the pass rush is still good. But if you can kind of, again, because you got to have the three receivers to the side to kind of trigger that. So if you can, this Aaron Donald is huge, because if you can slow that pass rush for a play or two wide open on that back side, you just need the time to hit it. That's, that's why they can do it. So that's um, my short take on, on what I think you can look for this weekend.
2: <laughs> Sorry, you trailed off there, buddy.
4: <laughs> I'm tired, Steve. You run out of breath? I did. I need a drink of water. I think.
3: I feel like it's a relief. Like you just got <laughs> so much off your chest. <laughs> I've
6: been thinking about this for a very long time. <laughs> Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more with a Credit Karma Money Spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply.
2: All right. Well, that uh, that does that does it for the wrap up of the game. Um, now, what we're going to do is jump into our listener questions, as we always do from Twitter. And man, there's a there's a bunch of good ones. So we're just going to jump right in and try to go rapid response as much as we can. So we're going to start off with Friend of the Podcast um, on all sorts of podcasts, and including ours, Packaday, Maggie Loney. And with the most creative question, I would say, for the day, <laughs> how many two-foot-talls at Smith do you think you could fight before you get overwhelmed? So Dusty was talking for a while. Sarah, we'll start with you. Thank you.
3: Um, one, because what? I am not tall at all. And two would be like... Too close to my height, basically. So I'm just gonna stick with one um, because it's Darius Smith. Like even though he's only two feet tall, he's still super jacked and beats people up all the time. um So, so no, I'm only going with one.
2: Yeah, especially if there's two and like they, you know, one of them goes on the other one's shoulders. Like that's almost the size of you, man. That's, that's what a... I
3: was thinking in my mind. I imagined like. Two
6: little
2: Zayarius Smith on his <laughs> shoulder. Uh, I think I could take on two. I think that would be the the limit because you know you're fighting one off with each hand. But if you start to jump into three, that's when the, he's just got free shots. And like you've seen what Zarius Smith does at quarterbacks, I mean, he would just a two foot one would still put my ass on the ground. So I think two would be my limit. I mean, I, I've got a toddler, and he's an insane little dude, and. Even having two of him would be crazy, but two jacked-up toddlers that look like Cedarius Smith, that's just – that's the nightmare fuel. So, I think two would be my limit. Dusty, what do you think? Yeah, I think two. Um,
4: I mean, I think if they're a one-foot, you, if you can launch one with your foot, you buy yourself a little more time. You can, you can kind of kick them across the room, and then you've got that extra time. But, yeah, with a with two-foot one, like you said, Steve, I got a toddler. You know, he's, he's not – not Jack Zedaria Smith, and, you know, he's uh, – yeah, I can take him, you know. I'm not a weakling. I can <laughs> I, can, I, can t- I can take my three-year-old son. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, two Zedaria Smith. I feel like if feet – I feel like I would kick a lot. So I feel like still kicking is the way to go for that. But, yeah, once you introduce three and and I'm out of feet and all it takes is, like – reco- it's the recovery time because you kick mm-hmm. one, he gets back up. I think I could do that with two, but that third one – I feel like you put yourself in a hard situation. So yeah, I think I could. It's one of those things. The line is very thin. I feel like I could comfortably take two, but three is just it seems like that'd be entirely too much.
2: I would love to watch you comfortably take two two feet, various Smith. That would be outstanding. I, I actually to would watch. too. I would. Too. <laughs> I think he would overwhelm us way quicker than we'd like to admit. <laughs> Next up, Drew Longmire. Love the content. Uh, Do you think that Packers' uh, defense, and especially Jair, will have a chip on their shoulder this weekend with all the hype that the Rams' defense and Ramsey are getting? So, Sarah, again, we'll start with you. What do you think? Are they pissed off Packers' defense, or just that's how they're going to be anyway?
3: I think they're motivated and they might be a little ticked off, but I think Jair always plays with it, especially him. I know he called him out in the question, but I think he always plays with the chip on his shoulder. Um, he feels like he doesn't get enough credit for what he does and how great he is. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's seen the storylines this week and that's probably pumping them up a little bit, but I think he'll be there and do his business regardless. But maybe that little extra motivation will go a long way as well.
2: Dusty, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I think uh, same with Sarah. I think Jair is just Jair, man. Like I think he's always got a chip on his shoulder. I think. I mean, listen, we're coming off a, a snub. He didn't get the the, the first team All Pro. Uh, So Ramsey, no Ramsey, man, he's coming off of that. But yeah, Jair's just, he's got that energy. He's got that certain way of playing about him. I I don't really think that changes. I think he always kind of carries that that chip with him a little bit. So uh, yeah, I think maybe you raise your game a little bit. Maybe you think about, you know, if this guy's doing that, I got to do this too. You know, I got to be that guy on this side. But I, I just think that, I think Jair's just always going to be that way. And it doesn't really matter who's on the other side
2: completely agree with you guys don p wants to know if you could pick any player on the roster to be cloned and also play at the same time who would you pick dusty we'll start with you i'm
4: going defense man i'm going kenny clark uh i think having uh you know, I think the addition of Snacks we talked about last week was huge. Uh, he did some very good things. I think if you can, if you have the opportunity of having one Kenny Clark or two Kenny Clarks in the middle of the line, two Kenny Clarks along with Snacks, along with this this pass rush, dominant defensive line right there. So uh, I kind of waffled back and forth on a few guys, but uh, I'm very happy with my pick of Kenny Clark. I think he would just absolutely destroy the interior of the line.
3: For me, I you know going back to the last question, I'm going to go with Jarier. I think. Having for the same reasons that Dusty went with Kenny Clark, like having two of him would be amazing. <laughs> and you know you mix two Jarriers, uh, Darnell Savage and then Kevin King on occasion um, in the mix and that's a pretty good group right there. So I, I like uh, what's happening there and I think you know two guys that are as passionate as Jarrier is and they I think he's a real leader on that defense as well um, and to kind of have them on both sides would be really awesome. so I'm gonna go with him.
2: And since you guys took some of the, the ones that I was thinking about, I went with Elton Jenkins with the Bakhtiari injury. I think it would be really, really good to solidify either another guard spot, throw him at a left tackle, throw him at right tackle, wherever you would want to put him and feel he could bo- I mean, if you're going Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsay Elton Jenkins, man, the, that interior <laughs> of your line yeah. is pretty good. It's pretty good. And that's uh, something that you're going to want for the playoff run. So. Uh, good question from that from uh, from Don. Next one, Alex Woods. Are the Rams capable of being of doing what San Francisco did to us in the NFC Championship game last year? And I mean, Alex, wherever you are, buddy, somebody just needs to give you a hug. And I know you got that PTSD going from the game, and a lot of us do. But for me, I would say that sure, it technically that is. Uh, capability like that could happen I feel that this defense is in a way better spot than it was uh, this time last year and they're playing a much higher level they've got uh, Savage playing high they've got Gary doing things Z's doing all the stuff he's doing adding snacks like that's just it's a it's a completely different defense I don't know if you guys have anything else to add or just completely agree and tell me that I'm the smartest man alive I mean, I think they got they've got some good pieces. I mean, Cam Akers has showed himself to be a very good running back.
4: I like I like who they have, but like the run game that the Rams have, they've leaned, they've had to lean on a little more. That's um, not as varied as the Niners is. So the Niners worked in some power stuff into that that offense, and and the Rams haven't done as much of that. So it's not quite as varied. It's not quite as dynamic. They don't have George Kittle to sell some of that stuff, which is huge. Uh, Jared Goff in current state with you know. Broken thumb in twenty degree weather. I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's not as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, at least I don't feel at the stage he is. So I mean, it's it's kind of one of those like they've they've got the pieces to win, but like just <laughs> boat race him out of the stadium on running game alone. Like I they they don't have the pieces, and yeah, the defense is better. That that plays a huge part as well.
3: well I don't have anything to add. You guys covered it.
2: Next up, uh, Jeremy Zimmon wants to know. Who do you think wins the AFC championship this year and goes to the Super Bowl, Sarah?
3: I I like what's happening with the Bills right now. I'm a fan of it. The Bills Mafia is crazy as always, but um, I think they have something really good going over there. Um, You know, Josh Allen has been playing really well. Uh, Their defense has showed up numerous times and then, um, they have digs, and then I'm, I've kind of been watching them a little bit more than I have in other years because uh, UCF's uh, star wide receiver from the past couple of seasons is on the Bills now, and he's had a really good rookie season. So they're, they're just a fun team to watch. They kind of remind me of the Packers when I do watch them. They have this fun kind of energy. You can tell they have, just have a good time, and they're there. They're dancing before the games. They have you know touchdown celebration dance is all coordinated together. So, I, I mean, I know that the Chiefs are a force, but I, I'm a big uh, believer in momentum, and I think the Bills really have that going for them right now.
4: B- I, Bills are a really interesting team. I, I, it's hard for me not to say the Chiefs just because, I mean, the, the talent on there, and I kind of felt at times, I mean, they, you know, they say it's hard to say this about a team that won the one seed. Like, at times they seem to sleepwalk through the season a bit. Like, they, they felt like they, they kind of knew – uh, that they'd be fine, and so I kind of that buy, the talent they have, like I, I, I think when they, I think when they show up, it's gonna be like, oh, I don't know why we thought it was gonna be one of them, the Chiefs. Uh, I think they're just absolutely gonna just row everyone uh, down down on the way to the Super Bowl. But I think uh, if there's one team for there, yeah, the Bills are. Those are a tremendous amount of fun. I'm with you, sir. I mean, uh, I think what Brian Dable's over there doing from an offensive coordinator perspective is super, super interesting. The leap Josh Allen has taken this year um, not doing as many dumb things and accuracy has improved a lot. Like, it's it's a lot of really fun stuff. I I really hope it comes down to the two of them. Uh, that's that's going to be a tremendous game to watch.
2: I'll just say the Chiefs just because Patrick Mahomes. That's all. That's all. Next up, Mild Petten. Me and my wife will be at the game. What sign do we make? I'm leaning towards we love gold. Sarah, what do you think?
3: This is hard. I don't know. Like, I, I, for the record, I like the we love gold or I love gold idea. I think that's a good idea. You can't go wrong with that. Um, but I also think you could i don't know i'm stuck justy you go first i need to think about this longer
4: i mean i like i like we love gold i'm gonna stick with that just because i don't feel like thinking about it sarah's putting some thought into this and i love that i don't want to do that um so i'm gonna love we love gold but i do think i want to th- i think dressing up as gold member like if you're gonna do that man oh. do it up man do like the he's got the yellow jumpsuit he does and all that stuff like you just if you're gonna do it do it you know don't don't no half measures
2: yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going to get on TV, like I, I mean, I like the we love gold, but to me, that's not going to get you on TV. I feel like that's too common of a message that too many people would come up with. That have you thought of anything, Sarah? Because I've got one that I think would get him on. A lot. No, I think if you're going to do it, you're gonna you're gonna troll the Rams and Sean McVay, and you can write Sean McVay eats most stuff Oreos, and that will get okay. you. <laughs> That will get you on the TV because yeah. it'll be, it's weird enough where they'll be like, well, why does he eat most of Oreos? Like what, what, what is the meaning behind that? And if you feel like tagging at, and having an at pack a day podcast, um, you know, feel free, feel free. Mm-hmm. That would, uh, no one's stopping that you from doing be, that. Yeah, no, nobody's stopping you. That'd be, yeah, that'd be outstanding.
3: Brilliant and better than anything I could have come up with because you're right. It's just peculiar enough where someone will repost it and be like, what is this comparison? But it's, mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah. That's perfect. Well done, Steve.
2: Well done. See, you know, I'm doing this so we can get ourselves super famous on Twitter. It'll be outstanding. Well, me, well, me mostly because you two are already semi-famous on Twitter. So next up, we have got Corey Head who wants to know the X-Factor matchup for this weekend. He's thinking it's going to be Acres versus the middle linebackers. Also, fried Oreos, question mark. What is your verdict? Dusty, you got an X-Factor matchup?
4: Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about it earlier. I think for me, it's Adams-Ramsey. I think, um, you know, we saw that with Metcalf. And it's not like they're going to – Ramsey doesn't shadow all the time. But Ramsey shadows, you know, a decent amount against number ones. Uh, And so I think uh, when they move Adams, I think Ramsey's going to follow. I just think that's going to be a very intriguing matchup. And and for a lot of the reasons that Sarah mentioned earlier was, you know, the – you know, he held Metcalf, and Metcalf is more of that physical guy. Uh, Adams' release, and especially the way Ramsey likes to play, kind of up on the line there. I think Adams can beat him with some releases, and I think Ramsey's going to try to jam him. So I think that's going to be – I think they're going to match up against each other a lot, and that's going to be fascinating. I think whoever wins that, that's 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 a huge key to this game.
3: Yeah, I think that's definitely one. They mentioned Akers in the middle linebackers. That's one too, and, and Steve talked about it earlier basically our offensive, the Packers offensive line against Aaron Donald and everyone else that's um, on the force of the Rams defense. So there's a lot of interesting matchups. I think you have to even think too, like Matt LaFleur and Sean McVay are a matchup in this game as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are two creative coaches that are friends that have, you know, LaFleur learned a lot from McVay. And um, he mentioned that they're still tight, that they talk really often. So I think that's a matchup to keep an eye on too. And it's obviously huge if, but the Packers are able to outcoach such a genius in the game as well, um, so that's certainly a matchup to watch for too.
2: I think um, Jared Goff and how he his hand reacts, how he reacts to the cold weather, versus the Packers corners like Jair, and basically the Packers secondary. Because I mean, Amos is playing super high level. Darnell Savage is playing the best he's played as a Packer. Uh, Jair's lockdown should be you know first team All Pro. Kevin King is as much as everybody you know makes fun of him or said, wishes he was off the team he's still a, he's still a talented quarterback cornerback so um i think that's a really good matchup to watch and it will be fun between hands you know surgery on a hand cold weather all that kind of stuff so that's one thing that i'm going to be looking for next up oh fried oreos sorry we, we completely how did oh. we almost skip over the entire brand question but i mean we're
3: all on board like
2: anything anytime oh. you can fry deep fried yeah. oreo it's awesome no absolutely
3: deep fried anything honestly
2: for the most part yeah for the most part you can't really go wrong with that but yeah deep fried oreo gets a a good crunch to that uh, that cookie yeah it's outstanding so nothing but good things to say about deep fried oreos Slavko wants to know how difficult is it to prepare for two potential starting quarterbacks instead of just one are there any major obstacles in the scheme and what's the best or worst memory you have as a packer fan Whew. Uh, Dusty, do you also want to take this uh, preparing for two quarterbacks thing? Yeah, I mean, for me, it it really depends
4: on, um, on on the style of the quarterback. I mean, if they have two different styles, like yeah, that that's that's going to present a difference. So like if, if one is kind of straight drop back versus one is running, that was that was the thing for me. I was thinking about this question. I still thought there was a chance that Walford could play, and that would make a big difference because Walford can run a little. And then it's between Golf and, and uh, Bortles, so probably not that big. I mean, I, I but I. <laughs> I remember thinking, I mean, I'm not in the locker room. Clearly I don't go out through the game planning stuff. I do think it makes a difference, but I still remember, I think the quality of this kind of is a little bit uh, a factor as well. I remember being terrified at uh, the 2012 playoffs. The Packers went in, uh, first round opponent was the Vikings. And like, Man, like an hour before the game, they realized it was like Christian Ponder was a late scratch. I think it was like a, a chest injury or something like that. And Joe Webb, Joe Webb was going to be starting quarterback. And I was like, oh man, like they've been preparing for Ponder, and now you've got Webb, who's like going to be like running a lot. And you know, memories of you know, just all kinds of terrible things. And then, like, the Packers won. It, it was 24-10, but it was uh, 24-3 with, like, three minutes left in the game, and the Vikings scored a garbage touchdown, and Webb was terrible. So, like, maybe it doesn't matter that much, but I think it. it if there's differentiating styles, like, yeah, I mean, anything that kind of takes you away from game planning for your matchup, that's time not spent on what you want to do. It's time spent on, like, essentially they're dictating what you're paying attention to if you have to focus on that. But I think with with golf with a broken thumb versus Bortles like they're essentially the same style quarterback so no it probably doesn't maybe they spend a little bit of time on that but I, I don't think that does a whole lot really
2: all right and then do we have favorite uh, or least favorite memories for Packers games I know I've got one I'll give you a little time to think about it but I still remember I was at I believe it was either Sunday night or Monday night game but uh Packers Cowboys when the the packers just boat raced the cowboys and it was the one where clay matthews got like the it was a like strip sacker interception running back for a touchdown um and i sit like to me like i was there with one of my best friends and i still remember just being a little tipsy a little uh, had a couple of uh, Miller lights at the game and all of a sudden like he, he he picks it off and we all just everybody just went insane like it was super cool it was just so much fun it was just the crowd went crazy so for me that was one of my top top memories as a Packers fan being at Lambeau for that what about you guys I got a couple one of my first game I went to
4: Lambeau was, was uh, the final game of the 2007 season that was Favre's last regular season start and we got on my brother bottom for all of us and we were at the 50 yard line like four of us back on the 50 and it was like a few weeks beforehand and we were like this might mean like this might be for like home field through the playoffs at that point well then they lost and I think the Cowboys won and blah 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 and so it ended up being a meaningless game against the Lions uh, but it was still amazing we saw Roger, we saw a Favre that was uh, Favre third, two touchdowns the backup that game that came in was Craig Nall uh, so we we got to see you know null time, but just seeing the stadium for the first time, being in there was amazing. We also, um, our section got in a shouting match with at the center of the time was Dominic Rayola, um, who was screaming stuff at us like, "How much do you make?" and and things like that. Uh, so that was you know that was a fun memory having Dominic Rayola like maybe try to kill us. That was awesome. Um, and then I mean I was there for the twenty fourteen uh, Packers Patriots game as well, and just remember that feeling before that final throw to Cobb. Uh, that just everyone was on their feet. Everyone's screaming. It was like a TV timeout. And just when he hit that, the entire thing went nuts. I mean, you know, clearly the Super Bowl was amazing and watching that. But being there, like, for that moment was just just absolutely huge. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, And then seeing Tom Brady scream after that. Yeah, I saw the highlights of that. And, yeah, that's a a good memory, too.
3: My favorite is everyone already knows what I'm going to say It's the – Packers come back against the Bears in week one a couple seasons ago like being at Lambeau Field was insane and I always laugh when I think about it because I was so upset and just like you could see it on my face and I was just worn out because what happened in the first half and um, I remember sitting next to my dad at the game and he just said at the beginning of the third quarter he's like if they score or not the beginning like it was towards the end and he's like if they score at the end of before the quarter is over they're going to win this game and I literally looked at him and I was like, you're so annoying. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, I didn't say that, but I gave him this, like,
7: shut
3: up. Like, you and your dad optimism, like, relax. And then sure enough. So then on the car ride back to the hotel, he's like, I said it. I told Sarah, they were going to come back and win. And, of course, like that touchdown at the end of the third quarter is the just absolute rainbow, beautiful ball to Geronimo Allison. And it's like. All right, dad, cool. You can be wrong one time. That would
6: be... (laughs) That's awesome.
2: Oh, God, it's just visions of my future with my daughter. This is horrible. (laughs) Dad moments. All right, let's wrap it up. We've got the last question from Sean Franken. What should I eat during the game? Soft pretzel, buffalo chicken dip, chili, the infamous peanut butter and pickle sandwich, which... um, sean is apparently a big fan of it and wants us all to try none of us really have a strong take of wanting to try it so it's not gonna happen buddy and I, I apologize but actually i don't apologize i don't want to eat a peanut butter and pickle sandwich but let's just jump in what should sean eat and what the, what are you guys gonna eat this game like there's gotta be a big plan right um so i'll start i'm gonna do i'm gonna tell sean he should eat all of those things he should uh go big don't you go you go big or go home man so you know dip that soft pretzel in the uh, buffalo chicken dip you want that chili Uh, you're just you're gonna give yourself a little bit of a gut rot but you're not moving from that couch uh at all during the game so go for that my plan is i i posted this a little bit on on twitter the other day but i got my new smoker uh as of yesterday so i am super excited uh, so I'm gonna do some ribs, I'm gonna do a chicken uh, for Saturday and have that all smoked up. Probably do some uh, bacon wrap jalapenos and uh, we're gonna eat we're gonna eat well on Saturday for the game. So Sarah, what about you?
3: Yeah, well, Sean, I think you should eat all of that as well. I totally agree with Steve. Like it's the playoffs, so you gotta go big or you got or you're going home. Um, so definitely eat all of that. Um, for me, um, I'm excited because my boyfriend will be in town visiting me and we'll be able to watch the game together, which is exciting. Um, and we haven't seen each other in a been a little bit. So we usually, if we are together for the games, we order just like on DoorDash or Uber Eats. We just order wings and fries. So it's kind of just a generic uh, sports meal, but it, it never misses. It's always really good. So, um, but yeah, in the spirit of the playoffs, who knows? We might order a few other goodies as well but wings and fries will be the main event
4: yeah and i'll i'll pick two because it, it seems like a lot man um go soft pretzel and buffalo chicken dip i've never never had a bad buffalo chicken dip so get that you dip a pretzel in there or if you want you i haven't seen them in a while i guess but i don't go to the store anymore so who knows um the like the ritz crackers that are like half ritz half pretzels dip them suckers in the buffalo chicken dip and that's the move so that would that's what i would do um my plans man i don't know if we have a lot of big plans honestly my uh my wife had to pick up an extra shift she's a nurse and and we kind of we had to pick ahead of time before the game we had to pick either saturday or sunday and we picked sunday and crossed our fingers so thankfully i'll be able to watch the game live um i had been you know I'd, honestly most of the games i've been watching by myself for the past you know four or five weeks uh, my one of my younger brothers converted his garage uh not converted. He, we open the door and it's freezing cold. Uh, we have both the doors open. So we have good ventilation sitting six feet apart, but he put in um, a projector screen and some speakers and stuff. And he's got a beer fridge out there. And so I would say what we're probably going to do if we get together at all is we'll sit out in that garage. We will dress as if we're in uh, the cozy confines of Lambeau because uh, it's going to be freezing and uh, maybe we'll get some wings or something, but uh, I'm excited, man. It's, it's, we're talking about uh, what we're going to do for a playoff
2: game. It's uh it's thrilling a uh, a low-key awesome move for buffalo chicken dip is actually eat it with celery <sighs> yeah I'm not'm
4: not the biggest fan of doing that I've tried that. It's if I'm doing Buffalo chicken dip, give me
2: like, give me something else. That's bad for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I mean, I'm just saying if you're, if you are trying to watch your, your figure a little bit, you're still having a whole big tray of Buffalo chicken dip. You're having all the other stuff, but it's, it's a good, at least change of pace. I do agree. Like, you know, other stuff, like there's great crackers and all that kind of stuff, bread, whatever you need to do to dip it all in is awesome. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a good, it's a good change of pace. I enjoy it. So, well, guys, that is going to wrap this up for us. So uh, let's do what we always do. Final thoughts. Sarah, what do you got for us?
3: Yeah, so I am back this week. I had the week off um, for writing the game recap, obviously, because Packers were off. But um, hopefully um, this will be just the first of a few playoff uh, game recaps that I have for Green Bay this year. Um, so as always, be on the lookout for that. I'll try to include a couple more of your – thoughts because it is the playoffs and in the spirit of that like we said all episode long we got to go all out for the playoffs so thank you guys as always for following along so many of you have sent really just out of this world questions over the past few weeks and we've even received some photoshops of the three of us so (laughs) we really appreciate the support and grateful as always uh, for you guys listening
2: my, my hair looked awesome in that, by the way. <laughs> it looked really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for me,
4: I mean, like Sarah said, different week because there's no no Packers game. And so uh, I got a couple pieces this week, I guess. I don't think I'm doing three. I'm still trying to piece that together. But uh, yesterday over on Packer Report, I took a, a look at uh, elite concept from that the that the Rams ran against the Seahawks uh, in the Wild Card weekend. That was really interesting. I mean, the Rams' offense, you know, Lafleur obviously came from there. And while he he is trends a little more towards Shanahan than McVeigh, like there's still some things that that go over. And so we're looking at that's that's a playoff of a play action boot, which Packers run a ton of play action boot, but the way the Rams run that is slightly different. So watching that and then watching kind of how they set up what ended up being the you know the the touchdown that iced the game that was again Goff with that broken thumb kind of floating passes ended up being an easy throw to Robert Woods that they set up throughout the entire game by essentially doing what this thing the same way. And so got to kind of look at that and break that down a little bit, which is always fun, kind of diving into what other teams do. I love I love looking at the Packers but Especially in the offseason, I love to look at what other teams are doing as well because it gives you it gives me not only a sense of like what else is going on around the league, but it gives a chance to kinda of judge. Okay, the stuff when you're when you're in that deep the, is the Packers stuff that inventive is what they're doing like not even inventive it's a lot of it's the same stuff but is it really that good the way they're running it or are there ways to improve it like, you know what are other people doing what are the other looks why are the reasons for those other looks so being able to dig into that um, and during the season is fun so I really enjoyed that and then uh, today at Cheesehead TV I'm hoping today crossing my fingers because it's not done yet I'm actually getting into uh kind of what the Packers can do, kind of some of the stuff I touched on earlier today during my half hour rant was um, kind of working on an attack plan for the Packers offense based on what has worked against the Rams this year. You know, some of that, dink and dunk some of that attacking the flat some of that you know attacking that that void against that lock cornerback or cornerback on the back side so kind of getting getting into some examples that worked uh, some of the stuff from the jets game i know some from an earlier seahawks game from a cardinals game this year kind of getting into some of those things that work talking about why it worked um and, and then hopefully you know th- throwing some clips up from what the packers did this year to show okay this is similar to what they've done uh, if they catch them doing this this is how, kind of how they attack my original plan was to put together like a full like you know, 15 play script or something, and then what they could possibly do off of that. I'm not going to have that time, but uh, kind of a fun way to kind of you know kind of scout the opponent a little bit and and see what could work against them. So uh, it's going to be really really fun. Um, I'm, again, different week. I'm not used to doing this in season,
2: but uh, really really fun. And I will just leave you guys with just enjoy this. This is something not every NFL team gets like NFL fan team gets like, this is something that's awesome. Number one, seed, a game at Lambeau. I mean, we didn't even know if we're going to have an NFL season. So the fact that the Packers are where they are, they're the number one seed, they're kicking ass. They've got a good chance to win this game. Like it is a really, it's a rare thing. And I mean, just look at bears fans, look at Vikings, fans. look at lions fans, for God's sakes. Like, we are a, a very privileged group as Packer fans to have a good as long as they have been. Um, so, again, just take a minute before the game even starts to appreciate the fact that you get to cheer on your team. In the divisional round, a home game, uh, hopefully with a chance, you know, with with them going on to the NFC Championship game, like it's a really special thing. And just take that take that extra minute just to enjoy the fact that you get to cheer on your team in the playoffs when when a lot of people don't get to do that. So it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun to talk about this game. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter because you'll, you'll I'm sure you'll get some live thoughts uh, from me. I know Sarah normally doesn't get too much into it, and Dusty, you know, you're normally not really on it during the game, right? No, I try to just, I, 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 I'm way too reactive during a game,
4: and so sometimes I'll check in just to kind of see if there's like, you know, a stat or maybe something I missed, but yeah, I, I, I don't usually air my thoughts live because I know how I get, <laughs> I just
2: don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mine is over and over again like that's how i deal
2: with my stress. Yeah, that's true you do no you do you do put a lot of good stuff out on there i do actually i take that back yeah you're probably the most prominent on there i normally just look at things and go oh god i'm like if i it, more along lines of dusty if if i'm going to say something it's going to be something stupid that i'll probably want to delete in five minutes anyway so uh but again follow us on twitter at dusty evely at sarah kelher four at steve purhatch and at packet podcast Thank you again, as always, for the questions, for the comments, uh, for listening and downloading this podcast and uh, giving us something fun to talk about and people listen to it every week. So uh, we really appreciate that. We will be back next week talking win or lose, but 99% fingers crossed is going to be a win. So uh, we'll be back talking Packers win and the NFC Championship game preview against uh, To Be Determined. But thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, Go Pack Go!